am your father. This is, this is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobson. You are listening to the Established 1984 podcast, man. I want to thank everybody that has been listening, that has been following me. Uh, you can always hit me up on Instagram if you have any suggestions on episodes that you want me to do, people you want me to talk to. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram at Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You can email me at Brandon Kobe Jacobs at gmail.com. You can hit me up on the Snapchat, BKJEST1984. Man, I've, I've had a lot of people on the podcast, man, but there is uh, one person in particular that I am excited to get an opportunity to talk to, mainly because I feel like uh, a portion of her career had followed a path that I once was uh, was looking to go down, but she has taken the ball and ran with it in, in a way that uh, that I really couldn't, and I'm, I'm excited for her. I'm proud of her. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to talking to her and kind of getting her perception on how things have been going and, and where she sees herself moving to and everything like that. I have Ashley Young on the line. Ashley, how are you? I'm doing amazing. How are you? <laughs> I'm exceptional. I'm exceptional. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, we, we both have, have kind of, I, I dabbled in radio. You're a radio professional. And I just want to be sure that you that you're not going to end up taking taking control of the established 1984 podcast, and this this gets flipped on me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you know, I have my own podcast, so I'm, I'll try not to. Go ahead and go ahead and promote a podcast. What you what's what's the name of your podcast? Uh, I have a podcast with my two assistants. It's called Cool Comment Uncut, but it's aimed more towards like college, you know, college topics because they're still in school. Right, right. So. Right. We have our own little thing, you know, but that's that's about it right now. You know, I have some, I have two whole stations to run, so I ain't, I ain't get too much time. Right, I got you, I got you, I got you. Yeah, it, it can definitely, it can definitely be crazy. Even it doesn't matter the size of the market. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's there's always some chaos going on in radio, and we're gonna get to all of that. But what I want to do because it's always great to kind of get a uh, get perception on on where a person comes from. So. Um, doing a little bit of research on you from Tacoma, Washington, originally? Yes, I was born and raised in Tacoma, 45 minutes south of Seattle. Okay. Um, and then pretty much when I graduated high school, I moved to Jacksonville. So my sister was stationed at NAS. Oh, okay. And I was going to ask, how, how did you end up yeah. in Jacksonville from Washington State? I just kind of, like, when I graduated, I wasn't immediately signed up to go to school, so I was just you know, when you live somewhere and you live there your whole life, you just kind of get bored of it. So right. I left and went to Florida because uh, I was under the impression every part of Florida is like Miami, right? So, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I know, wrong. So when I got to Jacksonville, um, I got a job and then went to school, went to UNFA. And <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> did my yeah, whoop, did my internship uh, with Clear Channel, then now iHeartMedia, okay. and then busted my ass, and now I'm here. Now I'm in Texas. Okay. <laughs> well, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what it's like growing up, uh, growing up in Tacoma, Washington? I mean, obviously, uh, 
when when most of us who are from the East Coast think of a place like Tacoma, Washington, is is damn near like Canada to a lot of us. So we don't we don't we don't view it as a, as a place that we would see a, a lot of people with with melanin in their skin, if you will. So uh, what, yeah. <laughs> what 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 was it like growing up in Tacoma, Washington? Well, uh, it is very diverse. I I personally am black and Samoan. Okay. Um, and everyone always asks what that is, what the rock is. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I grew up around a lot of different cultures, and I know people live in the the Pacific Northwest, as we call it, is some kind of foreign territory, but it's actually, like, it's really loud. There's a really big hip-hop scene in Seattle. Okay. You probably wouldn't guess that, but there is, you know. So mix a lot, repping <laughs> for up there. Okay. Not just Macklemore. Right. Um, but it's, it's also a melting pot of, you know, all different kinds of music, like Grunge, Nirvana, Jimi Hendrix. They're all from Seattle, Tacoma area. Um... If you are a an NBA fan, I say Thomas Boston Celtics All Star team. We went to the same high school. Okay. So there's stuff going on. You know, you gotta look for it. But okay. it's fun. Like I don't have any complaints about where I grew up. But it is a very big culture shock moving to Florida, <laughs> coming from Seattle. It's a whole different scene. People just are relaxed. You know, there's different slang you gotta learn. Different music. It's just new stuff, but I liked it. I would, I'd always recommend people to visit at least, and it doesn't yeah. rain all the time. So. Oh, okay. So that, that's one of the other rumors is that it just kind of, <laughs> it kind of rain. I think everybody just saw the movies like Sleepless, Sleepless in Seattle and, and, and shit like that, and they just assume it rains all the time. You know, there's a high uh, propensity for people to want to commit suicide because it's always raining all the time and it's oh sad God. and dreary. No. You know. <laughs> You know, you know how that goes. People make tons of assumptions. Like I'm, I'm sure uh, a lot of assumptions are made about about Florida and about Jacksonville to people who have, have never been there before. I'm sure you had, like you said, you you had a perception that it was all like Miami until you got there, and lo and behold, that exactly. was not the case. So you 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 either fly or you drive or whatever your mode of transportation was to get to Jacksonville, but you get to Jacksonville, um, and and you get situated and you get settled. What are some of the first things that you did, and what was the environment like? How were you treated when uh, when you got in Jacksonville? Um, when I first moved to Jacksonville, I had visited in the summer, so mm-hmm. I was kind of familiar with what it was like anyway. But living there twenty four seven was just different. Um, as you can tell, like the way I speak, people would always look at me like, "Why are you? Why do you talk like that? Why don't you have me playing in your voice?" Like things like that. Right. Um, but, you know, I got a job. I worked at, like, Target, shop mm-hmm. Target, for, for a long time, and enrolled in the school. Um, I didn't really have any, I feel like people welcomed me. Like, I didn't have any problems with anybody moving down here. Right. It was probably, once I got into school, into, like, going to college, doing classes, that's when I... Uh, encountered people that I wasn't cool with but you know it's college so we have stupid stupid moments Um, but I was very goal oriented because for a long time being from Washington where I'm used to people who are very like eclectic I'll say or diverse like if you see let's just say like a a black person let's say in the rock in Seattle it's not weird 
But right. skateboarding, it's not weird. But in certain parts in the South, if you see them acting that way, you know, then they get kind of a side eye. And it's like, no, you know, they just like different types of music or different genres and stuff. So that, that, those are the few things I had to encounter. People didn't understand me mm-hmm. <laughs> in certain ways. But I just kind of got used to it, you know. Right. After living there for so long, you get so many friends, so you just kind of deal with it. Like, oh, she's she's not from here. She's not from here, y'all. Just just look <laughs> past it, kind of thing. Now, cool. I like Jackson though. Now, I, I, I know, obviously, we both attended the University of North Florida at different times. I finished in uh, in 2008, but I, I kind of, you obviously met me through UNF, and I kind of stayed around. I was one of those alumni that didn't know how to leave the school for a while because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. But um, what was it like for, uh, for you attending UNF? Did you feel like the environment was indicative of what you were trying to accomplish professionally? Because I know... For me, when I was work when I was going to school there, I was already working in the industry. I was a club promoter. I, I had that I had a large street team called New Blood Entertainment. I was working for uh, Tom Fisher over at the Plush Entertainment Complex. Um, so I, I pretty much was doing what I was going to school for, and I often felt t- felt I oftentimes felt like uh, the professors and the the school environment didn't really. Uh, didn't really fulfill what I was looking for professionally. Did did you get the same feeling, or or was it a little bit different? You know. Um, when I when I went to UNS, and even now, my main goal was never ultimately radio. It was always TV. Oh, okay. And so my professors at the time, I don't know if they were the same that you had, but um, my like multicam video professor in production and stuff like that. We would make TV shows. I thought it was cool, but I knew, like, at UF, they have, like, a way, you know, bigger program and more equipment and studios and things like that. Um, so I thought originally, once I got into my junior year, that's when you start taking your real core classes for right. journalism and production. Right. I thought that I was going to be at a disadvantage because I was like, you know, UNF, they say they have a communication program and they have a journalism program, but I'm seeing people from other schools excel because they're getting experience that we're not getting kind of thing and when I went to UNF they have a um, they have like a little TV studio for like Osprey News or whatever UNF now or whatever it's called Mm -hmm. and um, I did that for a while but then I got I got an internship with Clear Channel out of nowhere pretty much that's usually how it works with Clear Channel (laughs) Huh? I said that's usually how it works yeah, with Play Channel. Mine came out of nowhere too. <laughs> um, I just I got an internship literally out of nowhere, and you know, as an intern, um, I was like one of maybe fifteen. Mm-hmm. So you really have to work to kind of earn your shine, kind of thing, yep. like earn recognition. Right. So I was in that building twenty four seven. You too, baby. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> I was a. They made me a digital intern so I was just supposed to be like on the Facebooks and the website right and they needed help with promotion so I was just like hey teammate yep Tanisha you said hey Tanisha May can I can I be down you know (laughs) and people we have when I was there we had seven stations in our cluster and I think they just added one more they have eight but every PD knew who I was like they all knew they if they needed me to run a live show they're like hey Ashley can do it and I was an intern I was getting paid yep So, so like for me being an intern, 
knowing how to do jobs that paid people that have been there for years should have been knowing how to do. It was an issue, right. obviously. Right. <laughs> but as it always that's what is. Got me hired. Yeah. I want to. I'll, I'll say that the main reason why anybody, not just me, but anyone is successful in their career field is because of their own initiative. It's not. That's something you really can't learn in college. But college, they'll teach you the. You know the basics the fundamentals but you really go far with your determination and your passion to do stuff for, for things like that so yeah. UNF was cool like you know I'll recommend it to people but I don't tell people I went there <laughs> <laughs> Fair only, enough. only because they like like right now I live by Texas A&M you know that it's the second biggest biggest college campus in the country and if I say UNF they always say you mean US like no UNF like it's different, right? It's <laughs> not the same thing. It's that's different. Why. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, well, well, that school is in is in the SEC, so they're more likely to be like, you mean UF? Because that's that's their reference point. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. we definitely, I'm definitely gonna have to come down there and check you out because you know I'm in Dallas now. So yeah, I saw you had your location on it. It said Dallas. I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're. I'm definitely. I'm. I know. Um. I talked to uh, I talked to Grand Prix and and Young Trap. I know that they're supposed to be coming to South by Southwest, so I, I figured I would probably try to you know take a day or two off and come down there, depending on when they're when they're gonna be there. So, you know, I, I'm yeah, a, I'm a huge supporter of Young Trap. Thing, the, yeah, the funniest thing last year is I was walking down Sixth Street, which is the main like the main street with all the bars and clubs in Austin during South by, and this dude had a flyer. And he was like, some, like, young cash, some, some bigger ranking. I'm like, I cannot escape this dude, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I moved to, like, obviously when I was working for the radio and I was in clubs every night with Q, like, you know, bigger ranking was, we did everything with him, the Diamond Awards and all that stuff, but, mm-hmm. like, I live a whole ass four states away. Still, <laughs> exactly. it's happening. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I'm I'm proud of a lot of those guys, especially being from the city. I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of Cash. I mean, granted, I, I'm always on Cash about about marketing and about about taking the next step. I'll be the first one to tell him, love Cash's music to death. I think sometimes he can get a little lazy, um, and sometimes I think that some of the records that probably are are less club friendly but more radio friendly and would kind of get kind of universal appeal he doesn't push those as hard um i've always said that the the greatest the greatest mixtape or the greatest collection of music because at this point you know out actual albums mixtapes you know it it really doesn't matter what you want to call it all you got to do is get a bds registered and run it 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 doesn't matter anymore but the greatest collection of music that he ever did was a was the vacation mixtape and it had stuff like swag like Amber Rose it, you know it just it just had records that I felt like okay this is album music you know whereas all the a lot of the other records are just kind of like club records which they'll get they'll get visibility but not in the same way you know it's not it's not this collection of of art he hasn't done that yet he hasn't created this really great piece of art that, to present to the world just yet and, and he and yeah. he has the ability to write. He has the ability to sing. You know all of that kind of stuff. But he he hasn't taken that next step. Trap could be that guy. I, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, you know, is, come it, with, is that Trap Beckham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Trap, or, Trap Beckham. Okay, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. thing. He he could be that guy because I know he has a he has a situation with Def Jam. So 
um, you know, a lot of those guys are they're doing they're doing a lot of good things. So hopefully they'll they'll be down there uh, next week. So, but I want to ask you a question because we do have uh, we do have that clear channel uh, connection. Um, from your yeah. perception, like I guess for me when I came in, obviously it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, digital really wasn't as as big of a as big of a medium at that point it wasn't as relevant um i'm actually the one who created a easy ease blog his first blog when he when it first got set up i was the one who ran oh, that because oh, <laughs> you know he, he ain't never I been good with <laughs> no nah, feel free to feel free to jump in if you got a story to tell i mean you know i i love easy to death i mean you know i i was i was like kind of like you i was in there till one two o'clock in the morning whether that was doing something for easy whether that was doing some stuff for teammate whether that was you know going to live remotes you know all of that kind of stuff and at that point i think there were maybe only five of us at that point um you know, we got on. We did some radio with uh with T Roy. T Roy and I did a uh, did a club night together. It tanked. It did terrible. But you know, <laughs> but we 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 did the uh, we did the last event in um the last event in the boathouse before they changed it over to the boathouse that that's there now. But what what from your perception um do you feel like uh do you feel like there was really an effort uh, to kind of assist you to take the necessary steps? in the industry or do you feel like you just pretty much had to find your own way or was there somebody that you were able to link to that kind of mentored you and said hey this is the direction you need to go we'll help you get where you're trying to go you know this is the this is this is a story that makes me so old when i talk to all my my employees now mm-hmm. <laughs> that that are like college age or whatever um so when i started it when i was actually hired after my internship at clear channel I, no one went out of their way to, you know, to introduce themselves to me. Because, you know, I'm just a part-timer, so. Mm-hmm. You know, T-Roy is like, you know, I love T-Roy now, but at first T-Roy was dick. He was just like, who are you? Get out of my way. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, da, da, da. and for me, I was like, you know, well, this dude's very accomplished, so whatever. I didn't take it to heart. I was just like, you know. But, but now I understand that T-Roy, as well as everyone else in the industry, they respect you once they see how much you want things and how much you, you're willing to work for it. Mm-hmm. So, at the beginning, no one really took me under their wing, per se. Uh, I kind of had to show my work, you know, like show that I'm not just lazy like every other little promo system around here and <laughs> that I'm willing to put in the work and do, you know, four or five different remotes a day by myself in Florida Heat and all this stuff that they wanted me to do. So right. after a while, T-Roy did, be, T-Roy like did help me when I was learning to first be on air. Like he would give me the basics of, you know, doing a break of how to be a, how to be a good, you know, personality, things like that, how to relate to people. And then once I started learning how to like run the boards and produce, cause I would produce a live show for a sports station, um, that's kind of when Doom came in the picture. He actually, Doom actually taught me how to do today. He was oh, the first dude. person to like put, put, put me on tables, yeah, and like teach me how to beat match and all that. And it finally, what's the word? Finally eclipsed <laughs> into Q. So DJ Q45. Kenneth Eric Williams. <laughs> Eric Williams is now, or Kenneth, Kenneth, yeah, Kenneth Eric Williams is now one of my best friends but 
I don't know about when you worked there, but when I worked there, he was never there because he traveled so much yep. and he does so many club gigs. He was still there, doing uh, he like, was still doing Rap City at that point, I think, when I was yeah. there. Um when I worked there he was only there at like two or three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And like and I was there. I was the only one there. So after a while he'd just be like, Who are you? Like, why are you always here? Uh, like I always see you doing all this stuff da, 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 and we became really cool like we did a show together in 97.9 on Kiss FM he was a DJ I was mm-hmm. the on air person yeah I remember that and then he would just take me to all his club gigs and this was before that new club opened up so it was like sweet and back when Aqua was open yep or Aqua was popping I'll say yep <laughs> and all those different things and he's the one who really took me under his wing per se like he would you know like we went to went to New York like two years ago cause he was DJing the BET party and he introduced me to like Deborah Lee and like just taught me you know how to act in industry how to you know create relationships things like that right so he's really um he was one of my mentors but also Doc Doc was never Doc Hunter I never got to meet Doc I'm so mad I'm so so (laughs) when I worked there Doc was an illusion they're like, oh no, Doc Winter, he, he's the VP of Urban. Right, 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 right. And he had an office. And Never in it. I was there when we opened up Real 92.3 in LA. Mm-hmm. He's our, our hip hop station there, which we took Big Boy from the competition and bring on that station. Right. And that was the first time I ever saw Doc. And he walked in, and everyone was like, oh my God, it's Doc. I'm like, I've never seen you in my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> what you look like, da da da. That was a big deal, um, though. I just, I hope you took it like it was a big deal. That was a no, big it, deal. At the time, I knew it was a big deal just because of all the stuff they said that he has done and all the, you know, like his, his history and his mm-hmm. legacy and radio and everything. So, he remembered me um, because, like, Doom and T-Roy and Q were kind of all talking me up. And he kind of just looked at me like, okay, Doom is nice, so he'll talk anybody up. But if T-Roy and Q45 are, like, talking you up, that's a big deal for me. Because right. they don't talk anybody up. Well, <laughs> like, well Doc, like put, Doc put uh, T-Roy on, so... Yeah, Doc put Doc, Doc wanted to put T-Roy on. And Doc also um, helped form the Breakfast Club. Like, Doc... <laughs> Doc is, like, a bit is a legend in iHeartRadio, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but after that meeting, he, you know, left, and um, there were a few other encounters where there's a Chris Brown, the Chris Brown concert that was in Jacksonville at the Veterans Memorial Arena. Mm-hmm. T-May was in, t put me in charge, like, to set up the whole promotion or whatever, and he apparently was there, and he was like, yo, I, who did this, and he was impressed with it, so I guess I have a good track record with that. <laughs> so that that's a very down, good thing as you try to as you continue to move up. Yeah, as, uh, when it came down to um, me applying for this position I have now, uh, you know that little box that says references. Yeah. Uh, when you put Doc Winter, that's a big deal. Right. <laughs> Company. So he did. I didn't have any previous program director experience before. I knew the basics, like how to run a board and how to program different things for like our morning show mm-hmm. um, but he's really the the he was the breaking point of them giving me a chance so I pretty much T-Roy Doom Q45 and Doc Winner they were all my mentors at okay. some point <laughs> in that building so uh, 
I have to ask this question because he and I have a have a love hate relationship, or maybe more of a hate hate okay. relationship. What was your relationship like with G Wiz? G Wiz and I, at first, we didn't really talk because I was on air on our pop station. Mm-hmm. So, and I and we we didn't have a hate relationship, but I wanted to be on the beat so bad because that's what I grew up on. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I guess. And, and he was just like, no. And I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, like, everyone's saying that I, you know, that I'm pretty good, so, you know, why not give me a, a weekend show or something? He just said no. So, mm-hmm. I, I kind of had, I was a little salty towards him for that, but he also gave me opportunities to do other things. So, he taught me other programming things. And, you know, he would let TMA let me come up with promotion so I would work with clients and um, help plan out what's that thing that Zoom does Funk Fest but like yep. my last year working there I helped organize Funk Fest and that was a big deal so I was like even though you kind of you know you kind of played me with the whole honor thing like he did make up for it so. right I think I think <laughs> what cool. I think what our relationship was, was the issues with our relationship stem from me kind of being like I, I don't try to play up what I did in the industry but I think some of what was an issue was the fact that I was already kind of in the industry doing one angle and he didn't want me trying to leverage one thing over another so I think that he wasn't entirely sure how dedicated I was because he knew I had this brand over here he had he had already met me through all of these other these other mediums Club Paris you know Tom Fisher and all them bigging me up and stuff like that so he's like okay well how how serious is this dude about about getting into radio because he's already generating revenue over here so what what's the agenda is he just trying to get in the door to try to leverage visibility for what he's already doing so i don't know we we never really we never really spoke much but we were we were always in the same room because i was an intern for for blazing so i mean you know it just was a we've always had a very odd relationship like every once in a while he'll he'll kind of dap me up and then sometimes he he wagged like I'm not standing in a room, so. <laughs> no, nah, he, uh, he and I, we just, you know, we joke around with each other. But since mm. I've moved um, away, I haven't really kept in touch with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wish him all the best, though. I hear nothing but good things about him. When people in Texas, when other programmers around, like, Houston, Austin, Dallas, they're like, oh, you worked in Jacksonville? Like, you know what you is? Like, yeah. I mean, he's been there a long time. He's been in. He's been yeah. in a one role or another with that station for a long yeah. time. So, yeah, I've, I've learned that. So, so now, I, cool, to that point, I do have to ask you this. Some say that the Jacksonville market is stagnant and it doesn't allow for new personalities and young people to progress uh, progress in the market because the old guard won't allow it. Um, that's talking about people like Easy who have been on air for a long time people like t-roy who have been on air for a long time g wiz who has been uh the program director for a long time now keeping in mind that uh i'm aware that ratings are good and things like that but ratings that can be a little misleading especially for a long time where they were kind of like the only station in the market um do you feel like i mean from your perception having having to have gone to to texas to kind of get your break and things like that do you feel like there were opportunities for for young people to progress up in the market, or do you feel like, you know, some of the some of the old guys who probably, as uh, pretty Ricky said on on a previous episode of the podcast, older guys who need to get the fuck out the way, 
didn't allow for <laughs> didn't allow for you uh, to kind of uh, to kind of get your feet. What, what was your perception? Yeah, that was one of my main my main reasons for wanting to even apply to go somewhere other than Jackson in the first place. Um, when I like I said, I didn't grow up in Jacksonville, so I didn't know these personalities until I worked there, basically. Right. So when I got into the station, I met, you know, the T-Roys, the Dooms, the Easy's, G-Liz, whatever. And I would always ask them, you know, like, you're waiting for your chance. Like, you do your air checks. You, what I had, like, I had to meet with them every week and be like, have them give me feedback, things like that. Hopefully, they'll throw me a bone, put me on air. Um, with big stations like 99.1 QIK or 93.3 The Beat, those are heritage stations. Like, people have grown up with them. Like, some people, their whole life, they've been listening to Easy. Right. <laughs> kind of thing. And with his ratings, you know, obviously you don't want to mess up a good thing. So, if they're, you know, with T-Roy and him, if they're doing amazing and they're kicking ass, they're going to keep them there. But it is very frustrating for a new talent to find their place when we're not, you know, giving out any opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, I, like I said, originally I tried to get on the beat because urban and hip hop is what I know, but they put me on the pop channel on Kiss on 97.9. And for a minute I was like, I was, I was a little mad, but you know, when you're trying to get on air, you don't, you take. You just want to take whatever you can get. If it's two o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah. on the country you, you station. Just, you just try to change your signature to say you on air from such and such time to another time. Like, hey. I'm on air right. <laughs> on this station. Um, so, unfortunately for me, I just, I took it to, I would have done country. Like, I took it to every PD in that station. I was like, hey, listen to my air check. Do you think you could put me on on your show? Da-da-da. And to be honest, my only airtime on 97.9 was on a Sunday morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. And I, wouldn't, I wasn't mad about that because I'm brand new. Right. My PD was just trying to you know, getting me used to being on air and the fundamentals and stuff. Um, but it really, that that kind of comes with your dedication. So you can't get frustrated because you're young and we have so many seasoned veteran talents there because it just, your reaction to it is how dedicated you are. Are you going to give up or are you going to find a way to get on air? But did you so feel yeah, like those people were more talented way. than you? Yeah, like maybe there's not a way to get on air in your market but are you willing do you love this so much that you're willing to go somewhere else are you do you want a voice track for another city like there are ways to get on air you just gotta find them but to so, that point do you did you feel like those those folks who were standing in the way of what you felt like you probably could have done in that market do you feel like those people were more talented than you absolutely not but you know <laughs> by the grace of god who's a salaried paid respected program director now and who's still running board right exactly. right so <laughs> I, there there were a lot of conversations where and arguments that were had in that station with people that i you know didn't like or didn't like me whatever mm-hmm. um and some people favored seniority some people favored talent it just comes down to the individual but uh, those people you know like I said uh, earlier your dedication like your resilience really gets you where you need to be so I don't know I was, I was working with a lot of people who would work their 
years longer than I have. Right. So they all kind of looked at me like, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're the newbie. Like, you've only been here so and so months. Um, I only worked for Clear Channel in Jacksonville for one year until I got my promotion right. in Texas. <laughs> so for the people that were working there for years and years and years, that was kind of my one stun on you moment. Like, okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. And that's the thing that I think a lot of them don't understand is that that people who come from different places like you coming from from Washington State and and having that perception and and having experienced radio from that lens um, I mean you're you're coming in and you're giving a different view these people have had the same view for 10 15 20 years so to say hey you don't know what you're talking about I mean you're coming from the perspective of the listener uh, in a lot of ways in a lot of respects saying hey there's there's this different way that content is presented there's a different delivery that that can be done have you guys ever thought about doing this i feel like i can bring this to the table and to just say that to dismiss you like i mean i don't i don't know i i there's a lot of stuff about that i don't well, respect. Yeah, that was also an issue for me and and uh one of my friends, my co-worker, Jordan, what's up? I know she's listening. She, <laughs> <laughs> she, um, she and I were kind of head of digital mm-hmm. for the V and V. So everything that went on a Facebook, that went on the website, that went, everything went through us. So <laughs> um, for us, we're always looking, you know, you're always looking at ways to be number one. I don't know about other people. If you're cool with being average, I always want to be number one. Right. So I always want to be have the best numbers, have this, have that, have whatever. Uh, we would always think of different promotions, and we would always go to our promo director and be like, "Hey, so why don't we do this? Or can we try doing this? Can we make a video doing this?" And um, sometimes the program director was like, "No, y'all are doing too much. Be an extra. Sit down." But then mm-hmm. we would turn around, and New York, Power One Five, or LA. 92.3 would be doing the thing we just asked to do right. and it would blow up and go viral and do the and we're like bro just let us like there, there's such a difference in people who've been in radio for years and old, and old radio and new radio right and we're just like bro just let us prosper just let us cook like why are you <laughs> like so against this kind of thing but you know people don't they don't like what they don't understand right so, I made it a point when I came to my station in Texas to always at least hear out anything that my, you know, my part-timers have to say. Right. And they're like, hey, like right now we're making videos um, that they wanted to make and they blew up on Twitter. They're viral now because I let them do that. So I've always made it a point not to be so ingrained in my ways that I just don't want to hear anyone's else's opinion. So I think that was, that, that is a disadvantage for some people, but... They gotta, some gotta wake them up. They have to have their own experience. Right, and, and and that's a great segue. So my my next question is: Is do you think traditional radio is still profitable? Do you think it still has the the same connection to to listeners in the same way? And does it have a place in today's society? If you do feel like it's struggling, what needs to change about it in order for it to be able to continue on in the next generation? So when you say traditional radio, what do you mean by that? Like when I, when I think about traditional radio, I, I'm talking about like AM, FM. I'm talking about the the way that that uh, 
that people like perhaps I'm just using him as an example uh, easy because he's been okay. in the industry for so long as, as compared to someone like uh, like Charlemagne uh, on, on the Breakfast Club who, who who has put a different a different twist on it if you will he's using a lot of a lot of old techniques but in a new and fresh way do you feel like um, the the old style the old deliveries um, you know the old way of interviewing um, still works in this market today or do you think some changes need to be made I think um, if you go back, I'm sure we all watch Breakfast Club interviews on YouTube. Mm -hmm. If you go back to when they started posting those YouTube videos mm -hmm. and to before, there's such a difference in not only the, the characters, but the the pop the popularity of the show. Right. Like, and I don't think the people in quote-unquote old radio really want to get down with that like everything is so everything's packaged differently we receive and send information completely differently than we did 20 even 10 years even five, five years, years ago, ago yeah you know yeah so there can never my thing with old older radio pds is there can never be that like stance that this is how we did it back in my day this is how it's always going to be because it doesn't obviously you know people are going to podcasts now people are going to pandora people are going to apple music even beats one radio <laughs> like right. people are they can get this content anywhere mm -hmm. so i don't think a lot of them understand that we have to be on multiple mediums we have to do video and do this if we have rick ross in the studio we need a video of it if mm -hmm. we you know if we have if we're going out to whatever like funk fest we need a some snapchat we got to do this like I don't think the old perception of just let's turn on the radio or go on air and talk and everything's going to be cool. Like, people want to see what you're doing. Right. You know, they want to, like, right, right now you're doing Facebook Live. People want to see <laughs> what's going on. People, if they can't tune in at a certain time, they want to go back and recap, like, the Breakfast Club interviews. Right. So, I, I mean, I'm the youngest PD in all of our heart radio. So, mm -hmm. I'm very up for everything that's you know currently modern <laughs> in mm -hmm. technology right but i can see some older pds that are just like no we don't need to do that but like really if you want to make your brand grow yes we do need to do that like we need a snapchat we need this we need that we need instagram all that stuff right so old radio or traditional radio i'm sorry to me it, it will not be able to prosper unless you adapt to the changing times Okay. Because you're going to lose newer audiences. Absolutely. Now, uh, I mean, obviously, with that being said, you're 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 the youngest uh, PD in iHeartMedia. Now, what what has it been like from your experience, kind of being a, a woman moving up in this industry? Have there been uh, challenges that you faced? Um, if so, what were some of those challenges, and how did you overcome those? Uh, well, I should probably I should probably give a little more insight. I am the youngest PD in mm -hmm. our radio and I am one of 15 black women PDs. Okay. Out of 1800 stations. Okay. <laughs> so for me just going into this position in the first place I already knew you know I have to, I got to come correct like there's no don't BS anything you know one of my since I became a PD one of my mentors is Dia Mitchum she's a PD of um, Power 105 
and <laughs> she kind of just gave it to me straight like you know people see you you're young you're a female you're black they're gonna be coming for you so you gotta be on top of your shit at all times so I kind of always had that mentality as soon as I got my promotion but I haven't seen any maliciousness I'll say there are some people in the company I don't get along with mm-hmm. <laughs> that I don't F with because they do, in my opinion, feel threatened by me. Like who? They look at me. <laughs> well, they, no, people, people nationally that, like, you wouldn't know because they're, like, the behind-the-scenes people, but there's just people who see me and they think that I'm their replacement. So right. even if I don't say anything, I'm just like, hey, what's up? I'm Ashley. They look at me like, oh, she's young. Oh, she's, like, I'm, I still, you know, dress dress and act kind of young kind of thing like oh she's she's my replacement because she's more hip than I you know like just people get in their feelings a lot very right. quickly so. but if you're doing your job <laughs> if you if you putting in work if you're if you're keeping yourself relevant you ain't got to worry about nobody taking your job so but that's ridiculous that's, that's what I say but I think it's just the the insurity of radio that people are always on their toes right you know they're always like are they gonna do a big layoff or are they gonna Da-da-da, so I don't blame him. I'd be scared of me too. I mean, hey, <laughs> it's, <real. laughs> it's serious out here. <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you. Now, I I guess the biggest thing that the biggest thing about both of us we, we both consider ourselves uh you know lovers of of, of radio and lovers of hip hop. Now, one thing before we start getting into any hip hop gossip or or the events of the day or whatnot. One thing that I found interesting, I, I don't know if it was on your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever, but you you had a post where you were on the phone with Charlemagne. A lot of people, uh, yeah. a lot of people, uh, you know, some people have negative perceptions of Charlemagne. Me personally, just kind of when you meet people like T Roy and you meet people like G Wiz and you meet people like Bigger Rankers, you kind of can get a feel for what those types of personalities that become successful and kind of sit in the position as that that leg of the shock jock are really like and who they really are at their core never met charlamagne yeah but but i can i can kind of get a sense that that we are a little bit like kindred spirits if you will because I, i've kind of sat in that role as brandon kobe jacobs from facebook and and all of the kind of little platforms that i've done stuff on what was that like meeting with Charlemagne or, or talking to him on the phone what's some of the things that he said to you uh, you know words of encouragement or suggestions to be successful um, he uh, so this also goes back to when I was a part timer um, when I was a part timer no one wanted to listen to my air because they also they were too busy or whatever I was like okay well I'm going to just get this book of all the iHeartMedia emails and just email every last one of them that I know mm-hmm. that I want to listen to my air check. Um, so when I did that, that kind of opened their, the PD's eyes, like, okay, she's serious about this kind of thing. But back to that, when I sent out my air check, I sent them to every PD in every top 50 market. I sent it to Ryan Seacrest, Elvis Duran, all of our really big-time uh, personalities. At that time, we had already acquired Angie Martinez so I sent it to her <laughs> um, and I sent it to the Charlamagne MV and Angela Yee and the first time he didn't respond then I sent it to him again he didn't respond then I sent it to him a third time and he responded and said hey call me tomorrow here's my cell phone number and I was tripping because I was like you don't even know me <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> I understand I understand I 
emailed you a few times, but like you, you know, you to me, he's a high profile person. So right. I'm like, and you're just gonna give me your phone number? Like, okay. Right. So he gave me his phone number, and I called him the next day. And it happened to be his birthday. That's why I was also tripping. Cause I'm like, bro, it's your birthday, like. <laughs> but anyway, we had a conversation. I was like, hey, I live in Jacksonville. I'm really trying to. And you know, he's really cool, a little doo-ball. So he's been to Jacksonville like yeah. a few times, and yeah. he's listened to the station and all that stuff. I'm like, hey, I'm really trying to, you know, become an on-air personality. Blah blah blah. He listened to my ear check, and he kind of just gave me advice. I don't, I don't. You know the question where you asked me about who's my mentor? I don't consider him a mentor. I consider him more of a friend because he just kind of gives me advice on his his travel and ra- his path in radio or whatever. Right. Um, but he was like, hey, you know, when I was younger and I was in South Carolina, I was I made videos, I interviewed people. I, then I got picked up to go to Wendy Williams and all that happened. Then um, he's been fired eight times. Yep. And that was... <laughs> And I didn't know that about him before, but sitting there and talking to him, he was not the Charlemagne donkey of the day we hear in the morning. He was really like, he's, he, he's like a brother to me. Like he was just, you know, talking to me like, no, you gotta, you gotta do this. And this is what I did and blah, blah, blah. And when I, when I was talking to him, I started crying and I don't even know why, but I, was, I think I was just overwhelmed that I was talking to him because I've listened to him for so long and so like talking to him was right. kind of surreal. Right. But he was just like, why are you crying? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, because, you know, when you try so hard at doing something so long, sometimes you get kind of beat up about it. Right. You kind of get, you know, pessimistic. I was like, I just, no one wanted to listen to me in my in my city. And for you to respond to me, like, that means a lot. Da, 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 da. So after that, I, when I got my promotion, I actually flew out to New York with you to do the BET party. And it was the same day as the... Breakfast Club anniversary party, and that was the first time we actually met in person. So I went backstage, and I was like, "Hey, I'm Ashley from Jacksonville." He's like, "Oh, yo, uh, you know." He's like, "I saw your Instagram." He's like, "But you way tall because he's 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 kind of short." Yeah, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Me and him are about the same height, so it's cool. <laughs> uh, he's like, you know, you way tall. Like, you know, I've been following things that you've been doing and stuff you post, and like that's super dope. You know, I can't wait for you to you know, get to New York and things like that. So, um, he's always been nice and kind to me. I've never seen him be that quote-unquote asshole as everybody calls him. But, you know, that's part of the the image, the brand, so... <laughs> right. I think I think I where, where a lot of people get it fucked up is they think that... They think that when you're, when you're on that mic, when that mic is hot, they think that that's a reflection of who you are and how you treat people once that mic is off. And that couldn't be farther yeah. from the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like I, all the things that I've done, all the all the stuff that I do on social media, and all that kind of stuff. That's not a reflection of the type of man that I am to my girlfriend. That's not the the, the reflection of the type of person that I'm gonna be. You know, what I'm saying to my nephews or, or or anything like that. I mean, you know, it, you, you're a different person when, when you when you get off that platform. And if you aren't, then you probably got a fucking problem. But yeah, I, I never got from I never got from him that he was a he was a bad person. So yeah, he's been he's always to me been kind. Like you know now he's his uh, his schedule kind of picking up because mm-hmm. he's releasing his book soon. Yep, yep. Make sure you get that book, his, man. Yeah, he has his show on MTV and 
he's doing a lot of stuff, and I'm happy for him. Like, he's blessed, and he's really breaking the mold of what a quote-unquote radio personality is supposed to be or can be or can do. So right. it takes him a little longer to reply to text, but it's cool, Leonard. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Not mad. He's taking, he's taking a lot of... A lot of the things that I think that that he learned from Wendy, um, things that he's learned from, uh, you know, what I'm saying the, what any of us would have learned from watching Angie Martinez, you know, the goods and the bads and just taking those things a step further, you know, reinventing himself, understanding that. I mean, radio isn't what it used to be um, as far as the platform is concerned, but that doesn't mean that it isn't a pivotal piece of media. And, but he's being sure that he uh, he sticks his hands in all the other facets of media so that, you know, he has a, a career long term. And that's the smart way to be. Yeah. So, well, um, obviously, uh, I, I, before we go, I got to ask you, uh, ask you a couple things. What's your feelings on this uh, on this Nicki Minaj, Remy Ma situation? Uh, Nicki has yet to respond and we're going into what? Week, almost oh, week my two. God. Okay, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna piss some people off, but I have never been a Nicki Minaj fan. So <laughs> I She's gonna not listen to your radio station, that's what she's gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> it's not no, hey. I made that mistake one time. I got so many angry tweets from like twelve year olds, it was ridiculous. But <laughs> No one cares. Um, There's no twelve year olds listening to this shit, so <laughs> I it's not that I don't like her because of her content or whatever. I just don't like her because of the whole act. Like, the whole... The changing voices in the room. And, like, I hate that. Mm-hmm. So, to me, like, I, I, I respect and I appreciate an MC like Remy Ma more. Because she's just, you know, who she is. She just, she's not trying to be a character kind of thing. Right. But as far as the, quote, the beef or whatever between them. Like, Remy Ma, she came with Sheether. She could have left it alone and would have buried Nicki Minaj but that second track she had that was just doing the most like that was just extra yeah <laughs> for no reason to me then her and Fat Joe go on what was it Wendy Williams yep mm-hmm. she dressed her funeral and I'm just like girl like you won like stop <laughs> <laughs> you know well, what, what did they say in the laws of power when you, when you destroy your enemy yeah, completely yeah, yeah. does she She's trying to get uh, she's trying to get Nikki to respond, but now it just kind of seems like she's thirsty for attention. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, let's see what else people will pick up on me. But I'm not. I guess I can understand because she, since she did come out with Sheether, she has like Elle magazine and all these other outlets reaching out to her. But I don't know. I just, I just, <laughs> I don't. I'm happy. Someone finally came for Nicki Minaj's throat to show that, hey, once you broke up with Safari, the bars kind of disappeared. I wonder why. Oh boy, here, well, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I will. So, I will say this about Remy. Um, I've always respected Remy as an MC, and it wasn't until she got locked up that I respected her as a person. And that's because I was an intern. Like I've, I'm. You know, everybody, my, my friends say that I'm like fucking Barbie because I've done a little bit of everything. I've interned everywhere. I've, you know, that that kind of deal. I interned for Universal too. Shout out to Kenneth Darpo, Corporate Ken, uh, who used to work over at Universal. I think the last time I checked in with him, he was over at BET. But um, 
we got to work. Uh, she had she had a deal through a, a smaller label, SRC, that had a deal with Universal. So we had to work her records back in the day, and this is like oh six oh seven when she had the yeah 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 record. And so we worked that. Yeah. We we got to work. Uh, we got to work with uh, Wayne. I, I I got to work the entire Carter Two marketing campaign up and down the East Coast. So this is back when you know they were still actually going in like radio and uh, not radio, but in uh, record stores and stuff like that, and doing album signs and all that kind of stuff. So got an opportunity to set all that stuff up. Wayne has always been terribly nice to me, but Remy was an asshole. Like she just she just mm-hmm. was. Like there was nothing nice about her then. You know. I mean, a lot of what I've seen her say and do since she got out of jail has has shown that maybe there are some things that have changed about her personality. But she was she was a complete asshole to all of us. Like, you know, they do those conference calls with the interns about what the expectations are and they get the artist on the phone to thank you for the work that you put in. And she just was kind of dismissive of us. She just, you know, I, I never really gravitated to her, whereas Wayne was far more engaging with us for whatever reason back then. So. But yeah. So yeah, I was just I was never a fan. So <laughs> fair enough, fair I'm enough. So um, I, before I let you go, I, I always have to ask everybody, especially like if you're if you're a hip hop head like that, what you listening to now? Um, dang, I I won't admit. Okay, so <laughs> since I program stations, I kind of keep it to what is. The singles, like right. what is radio released, but so you listen to the bad and bougie on repeat. So you listen to the bad and bougie on repeat. Well, okay, no. <laughs> my um, both of my promo assistants and my executive assistant, they're in college right now at Texas A and M, and they are the frat boys, they're kappas. So okay. they always, they're always trying to get me to play some new song like some unknown artist kind of thing but right of course that's, that's always what you do huh? that's always what you do you're always trying to get your pd to play some play your homeboy shit or whatever oh, yeah. the case might be every no every single day my assistant greg's like hey you heard this hey i found this dude on soundcloud hey this person like no like they try to get me before he blew up they were trying to get me to play 21 savage for the longest and i was like no what what is this <laughs> like this is not no. <laughs> this is not real music. <laughs> this is not real music. And I, I also, I, I'm not fond of Young Thug. So they tried to get me to play Pick Up the Phone before that, you know, really released. And I was like, eh, it's all right. It's not, it's not about to blow up though. But <laughs> um, they put me on different stuff. But right now I'm really uh, listening to, I'm still listening to Kaylani's album. My friend Johan Sweet, he's a Duval native. He produced it, so shout out to him. Um, what else? I'm listening kind of the old Bryson Tiller. I mm. still, I will forever listen to Trap Soul right now. I'm more of R&B phase right now, but hip hop, nothing like really comes to mind that really stuck with me. Like Big Sean, I, I, I'm mess with like three of his songs off his newest album. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting here going That's through my phone too, trying to see what see what I listen to. And right now, um, Heavy J Cole, um, uh, Gucci Man, two of Gucci Man's albums because I know he's got like three albums since he got out of prison. But uh, the first one and that one right around Christmas time that came out, I'm listening to that a lot. 
And I'm sure a lot of my black friends are going to want to take my black card. I'm listening to Queen, the rock, that uh, a lot of that, that rock group Queen from the 70s. I'm listening to a lot of oh, that yeah. for whatever reason now. Probably because when Suicide Squad came out, um, Panic at the Disco redid uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And I went back and got the original version that Queen did and just started going through their whole catalog. So that that's what I'm doing right now. I pro both of my stations. One is a hot AC, so we play pretty much like newer songs plus like hits from the eighties and nineties. So mm-hmm. I listen to that. Oh, ever since the new edition movie, I have been obsessed. With <laughs> so I no real real deal. I wasn't I wasn't that old when new when new edition. I don't think I was alive when new edition first came out. So neither neither of us I, were. You were born in the at the end of yeah. the eighties, and I was born in eighty four. So yeah. Yeah, like, I wasn't really into it, and I just don't remember my family playing a lot of it. Right. So, after seeing that movie, I'm obsessed with that movie. If you put those boys on tour, I will go see it and buy every seat. Like, I, we have been listening to New Edition for, what, the past two months now. Since that movie came out. Um, but that's it. I can't really think of anything crazy new. Just the, you know, that and bougie on repeat. <laughs> All day. <laughs> All day, every day. So, here, in, um, here in Texas, Travis Scott's really big, so okay. him. But okay. All right. Well, actually, I want to I want to thank you for, for taking this time out because, obviously, I know you're a busy woman, so I don't want to hold you up too terribly long. Um, do me a favor, and, uh, and before you go, I guess, obviously, plug everything that you've got going on, all of your stations, where people can find those stations if they're not in the College Station, Texas area, and then also okay. uh, any kind of uh, final words or words of advice for folks uh, looking to try to get into radio, uh, you know, just some positive words of encouragement. Go, of course. Well, I mean, right now, I program, and you can hear me on uh, 103.1 KISS FM or 104.7 The Mix. If you do not live in Texas, you can listen to it on our free iHeartRadio app. Just download it <laughs> at iHeartRadio.com. Um, but also, I will be at South by Southwest next week. I'm speaking on four panels, and uh, we have some showcases going on. We have our own iHeartRadio um showcase that we're putting on and you know other than that I mean some encouraging words before I go is people anyone who's in like a position in radio that they think that they're stuck or you know where I was when I was a part-timer or you think that like no one's listening to you like I promise you and I'm a firm believer that if you keep trying the word resilience like if if something will move something will shake just keep you know, applying yourself, keep emailing people. Like I said, what happened with me, emailing Charlemagne the third time, then he answered me. Right. <laughs> like, someone's going to recognize your persistence. So just just keep doing it. Right. And I, that'd probably be about it. Okay. All right. Well, well, again, Ashley, I want to I want to thank you for this time. Uh, for those of you who are trying to get in contact with me, if you have any questions for Ashley that I could pass along, you can hit me up on the email at BrandonCobyJacobs at gmail dot com. Um, if you have any suggestions of, uh, of folks to interview, if you want to get on the show, you can hit me up through Instagram at Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You can even hit me up on Snapchat at BKJEST1984. This is the Established 8 1984 podcast, and my name is Brandon Jacobs. Take care.